Thank you. Right. Are you suggesting that someone's trying to make a real-life sequel? Stab 2? Who'd want to do that? Sequels suck. No. Two in the box! Ready to go! We be fast and they be slow! Wow! A second Super Saiyan? Second in order, perhaps, but by no means in stature. Your fight is with me now. And when I kill you, I will have killed the last Jedi. Senseless violence, horny teenagers, a mass killer in a hospital, being stuck in Haddonfield, Illinois, it must be a sequel. But we're talking about more from the night he came home in today's episode, Halloween 2. I shot him six times! I shot him in the heart! He's not human! Universal Pictures presents Halloween 2. More of the night he came home. There was nothing within him, neither conscience nor reason that wasn't even remotely human. <laughs> Some kind of a joke. I've been trick-or-treated to death tonight. You don't know what death is. There is no place to hide. He will always find you. Halloween 2. More of the night he came home. Hey everyone, this is your host Chris here at Inside the Sequel, the podcast show where we talk about sequel movies that need more love. They they kind of don't get acknowledged as much or sometimes they're actually better than the original. We're here to debate all that with one of my favorite sequel movies, Halloween 2. Um... Now, when it comes to the Halloween franchise, I'm a pretty big fan, I'm not going to lie, and I'd like to think a lot of people who listen to this podcast, if there are any, love this franchise as well. Um, my, I would say with Halloween, too, it's interesting that we're not on the week of Halloween yet, but we're talking about a Halloween movie. The reason for that is I think we got a special episode planned for then, so if you're still listening to this podcast, I would definitely stick around for the rest of this month since... Uh, we're really just trying to tackle Halloween sequel movies, not just the Halloween franchise, but just horror movies in general for this month. Uh, if you're tuning in for the first time, hi, welcome. Um, so glad you could be here so you can listen to our discussion. Uh, but if you've been here before, uh, thanks for returning back. I appreciate the years. Um, remember last episode, uh, we had Curtis Harrington on where we talked about another famous slasher, or we should say an iconic slasher in Ghostface with uh, Scream 2. Uh, that's already up. You can check us out on Spotify and iTunes. Um, if you haven't followed the show, you can definitely follow us at the sequel pod, um, on Twitter. Uh, but today we're talking about Halloween two and why Halloween two? No, not the Rob zombie one. Uh, now that I'm thinking about it, we should have talked about that one, <laughs> but we're talking about Halloween two because when I think of the Halloween sequels, I don't feel like this one gets talked about as often, even though it's the first direct sequel to the original. Um, the original Halloween came out in 1978, directed by John Carpenter. And um, while that movie was debatably one of the best independent films ever made, and um, it didn't really connect well with audiences when it first released. In fact, it was a commercial failure. It, it wasn't well received at all with reviews. Um, John Carpenter dismissed the film after and did an Elvis TV movie. Um, but then 
1981, they decided, uh, the studios at Universal decided we should, uh, we should do a Halloween too. <laughs> so, and that's where we get started. Now, when it comes to the Halloween franchise, I feel like Halloween 3 and Halloween 4 are the most talked about sequels. And then, of course, you have Halloween 2018, um, which, if anything, it uh, rejuvenated everyone's love for this franchise. Um, but Halloween, for me, has always been an interesting one. And the reason for that is it came out in 1978, and, you know, that's pretty early for, like, slasher films. When you, when you think horror movies before that, you kind of get, like, the monster movies, if not the, the Polanski, you know, psychological thrillers. Um, but, yeah, Halloween came onto the scene in 1978 and scared uh, quite a few people, and it became a cult following. Um, and then after that, it definitely set the tone of copycats with, um, not to say anything bad about that, but you got a bunch of slasher movies that came out after Halloween, like Friday the 13th and eventually like the Nightmare on Elm Street. And it basically gave a whole decade, a, a bunch of memorable slasher movies, which is awesome. Uh, but John Carpenter, I want to talk about him for a second because, um, I was recently invited to, uh, the film or the, U the YouTube channel called Film Stocked with my friend Chris Bowie. Um, he's a really great guy. He's, he's been on my YouTube channel before and he's invited me on before. He's just a really great guy and he invited me and we, we had a discussion about John Carpenter and, uh, his filmography and whether or not he was the king of horror, um, and, you know, there's definitely a debate for that, so I, I would definitely recommend listening to that. I'll put a link of that if you prefer um, when this uh, episode gets uh, uploaded. Uh, this whole month of October, we're, we're tackling horror movie sequels. Um, and, you know, what more can you talk about with Halloween without the actual Halloween films being talked about, right? Um, but, again, back to John Carpenter. He dismissed this film in 1978 when it came out, and... Well, the studios, frankly, wanted to make another one. They, they they loved the Halloween movies, and they saw the cult following, but Carpenter was like, well, a hot commodity, and he didn't want to go back and to do sequels because, well, at the time Halloween was coming out, there weren't a lot of sequel slasher movies coming out. Now, there were sequel movies, obviously, with the Universal Hammer horror films, but he just wanted to do his own stuff, you know? He was a hot commodity, and he was doing The Fog in 1980, I believe, and um, he was going to be working on The Thing and eventually 1982, and he did Escape from New York in 1981. That same year, Halloween 2 got released. But um, producers from the first film and most of the um, developers and, and the crew, they, they were wanting to kind of do a sequel to the Halloween movie. It kind of fit right, but John Carpenter really didn't want to do that. Uh, but eventually... Um, which is smart if you think about it. A lot of directors, <laughs> when there's a sequel to a smash hit original um, title that starts out with franchises, they usually try to like keep a six-foot pole um, away from these sequel movies from their original works, which is probably smart um, because then they're not associated. They still have like the, the prestige of the first movie. But... I don't know. They brought John Carpenter back for the sequel, um, but he didn't direct it. He didn't want to direct it. He, like I said, he wanted to stay away from it, but he was brought on to compose the music, of course, because that's what he loves, and he actually helped produce, and he co-wrote the script with Deborah Hill from the first film, too. So it's basically all the people... Like, if you're watching a trailer for this, it would be like... The titles would say, like, from the guy who brought you this or whatever, because it, they brought everyone basically back for this sequel, um, my, except maybe bringing a few extra people now along. Uh, but the director of this film, Rick Rosenthal, um, was brought on. Um, and he was actually a relatively unknown, um, director at the time. Um, 
and John Carpenter thought he was okay. So Rick R- Rosenthal was the guy to direct the the, the Halloween sequel, which is kind of disappointing because he kind of wanted uh, John Carpenter to come back and take the reins. But if his heart wasn't in there, I mean, maybe he could have made it worse because he just wanted to destroy what he had created. Uh, when Halloween 2 kind of started getting worked on, uh, like we said, Carpenter and Hill, they really didn't want to do this movie. And uh, they had written the script and most of the crew was really disappointed under one with the movie because originally um, Halloween 2 was going to take place in like a high-end um, apartment building and Laurie Strode would be there. And, you know, that just sounds like such a weird and crazy premise. Like you're in a like a heart apartment building with Michael Myers there. I don't know how that would have worked out, but um, they changed the script and they actually put it because it was going to take place years after the first one. But for this sequel, it actually takes place that same night moments after the ending of the first movie where Dr. Loomis shoots Michael Myers and he falls off the balcony escapes. Now we follow what happens on that same night. Technically, it's November 1st, if anything, (laughs) because it's so late in the night, Uh, but so that's kind of where this uh, Halloween 2 takes place. It takes place moments after the first movie. And I love the title of uh, subtitle for this movie, Halloween 2, More from the Night He Came Home. I love that so much. It 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 sends chills to my spine. It's kind of, it's kind of one of the best um like title cards right there with uh like when in space no one can hear you scream, you know, from Alien is what I can think of most. Um or kind of like Predator where like soon the hunt will begin or yada yada. But yeah, so this is where Halloween 2 takes place. Um, Halloween 2, I don't hear much about it in terms of communities within the horror um, base because, I mean, you get Halloween 3, which was, it's just terrific. It's actually my favorite sequel to the Halloween movie, the original Halloween, because, you know, that's what we do in this show. Like, what's the point of talking about Halloween if it's just like smarter and better people have talked about these movies? So like, why not focus on these sequels that need to get that attention and love that they deserve? Halloween 3, I do think has that because it is so vastly different than all the other Halloween movies. Uh, but Halloween 2, it, it's definitely more of a streamlined sequel uh, when you look at the grand scheme of things. But at the time, this was really kind of unconventional. Um, and so I watched this movie, Halloween 2, on uh, I've seen it three times now. Uh, I own the Scream Factory with Slipcover, mind you. Um, and it's just a beautiful transfer. I love this movie. Um, I think it's really underrated in terms of the sequels. Um, the reason I like it is because like it, it takes place right after the first, I don't feel like there's a lot of sequels that do that too often that immediately right after the first one takes place. Usually they take time. They take like a gap year to return things and make the suspense there. Uh, but what I like about it, it does feel like more of a, con- and it sounds weird because a sequel, a sequel take like, you know, continues a story, but this one for a sequel, it just, it literally almost feels like an extension to the first, like it is as if Halloween extended cut is just Halloween 2 added in there as well. It looks cosmetically different, but, you know, it's of the same cloth right then and there. Um, you have Dr. Loomis returning as Donald Pleasance, or excuse me, Dr. Loomis played by Donald Pleasance is back. Uh, and then uh, he has an iconic line, I shot him six times, um, you know, which is great in this movie. And you get Laurie Strode returning, played by Jamie Lee Curtis. She's gorgeous in this movie. She does so well. Not to say she didn't do great in the first one, but in this second one, I feel like she did a lot more too. Um, but uh, And then, of course, Michael Myers returns with a different mask and a different hairdo, but I never really understood that. Um, not to complain at all, but it is kind of funny that his hair in the mask in the second movie that takes place moments after the end of the first one looks different. But then again, he fell from a building, so maybe his hair got messed up and he got mad and cut some of it off. 
another thing you'll know notice about this movie that makes it so much similar to the first movie is like the camera work. And I'm not saying Rick Rosenthal handles the camera better than John Carpenter, which I really think he doesn't. Um, he was really inexperienced and young when he got this movie. Um, but it, it, he tries to do his best Carpenter impression in terms of like the camera work and the mood, but it doesn't feel the same. And most of the time with these sequel, with sequel movies, it, it, they have to try to establish themselves to be something different from the original. This one tries to kind of replicate it in a way, which maybe hurts it a little. Um, but the difference is like most sequels, if you remember in scream two with the sequel, it's gotta be, the body count's gotta be bigger. There's gotta be more blood because your core audience just expects it. Right. Thank you, Jamie Kennedy. Uh, but there is a, this movie is a lot more violent with blood, um, than the first movie, which I do really like, but I love the opening in this movie um, where Dr. Loomis is trying to find where Michael had gone after he shot him and the neighbor comes out and he's like, I've been trick-or-treated to death. Is this a joke? And then Dr. Loomis just goes, you don't know what death is. And then you just hear the iconic Halloween score again. And and then you just get the opening credits um, with the, with a new pumpkin smiling at you. And then it's a skull coming out, which is gorgeous. Uh, just absolutely love it. Um, and then you get like the Dr. Sandman theme where it's like the bum, 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 bum. You know, it's just, it's just great. Like this movie is just, I love watching this movie late at night, which is like all three times, except maybe the first time I've seen it where I watch it really late at night and I stay up and it keeps me up and I just really like it. It's just, you know, just the mood. Can't really describe that. Uh, it's just a personal thing maybe. Uh, but what I also really like about it is it just, it just immediately gives us like as the audience, it gives us a front row seat to what Michael Myers is doing because we follow him. It's an over the shoulder view of what he's doing throughout this movie, at least in the early parts, because of course, like at the end of the first movie, if you watch it, you're like, and he's gone. It's like, where could he have gone? Well, now in this movie, we're starting to, we start to see like where he's going and how he sees things. And it's just so good. Um, and like, it, it the movie does not take its time like it gets right into the first kill of the movie it's really quick it's pretty you know it's bloody it's great um the other thing is with the first movie it takes place in the neighborhood in Haddonfield Illinois and you ha- get some daylight sequences to like set up Michael you know escaping and coming to Haddonfield and you get introduced to Laurie Strode and everyone but in this one you know everyone it's all in dark except for lighting in this hospital in the Haddonfield hospital where it takes place which is such a different, I don't know, I, I really like how horror movies eventually start to copy Halloween 2 with the hospital setting. You get that with um, Nightmare on Elm Street 3 takes place in a hospital. Like, that's great. I, I, don't, I like the ho- hospital setting because when you think about it, people who are injured and need safety, they go to a hospital, right? But then people forget also in hospitals, unfortunately, some people pass away and they die. Well, in this one, death might be coming quicker for some people when Michael Myers starts to come. Um, but this, uh, this movie definitely does expand more on the lore of the first movie that honestly nobody was asking for. We did just end up getting it because like I said, uh, John Carpenter, Deborah Hill wrote the script for this movie and they kind of wanted to expand on the lore a little bit, but you can kind of feel like they're trying to wrap up loose ends in a way, if that makes sense. So at the time, uh, my John Carpenter wanted to stay away from Halloween. Um, he had enough pressure as it is. and He wanted to work on other things. So he, he was just like, from what I have read and watched, 
Carpenter wrote this script with the intent that he didn't want any more Halloween movies replicated. Um, so he, so he did some choices in the script that would kind of make everything impossible for a sequel. Now knowing studios, they, they did end up finding ways to do that. Um, because he didn't want to do any more Halloweens. He didn't want to like be associated at all. And then Halloween three came out and he, of course he loved that one because it was completely different than the, than the, the other sequel. Uh, which is a little sad, but like, I get it. Like if you did great work and you know, somebody else wants to expand on it and you're like, wow, like, you know, nothing of my work, you know, when you want to go ahead and trample on it more. So I kind of get that. Um, I mean, and plus like when John Carpenter was doing other movies after they were such different types of horror movies and he didn't even want to be stereotyped and he had thought it was a, a failure. So like, why would he want to be reminded of doing more work? Uh, but more in this sequel movie with uh, Laurie Strode. She survives, obviously, at the end, and she's taken to the hospital. And we get introduced, basically, to the new set of characters, which is Jimmy, who is, like, a paramedic driver, um, and, like, his sleazy friend. And then there's the um, the nurses there. And you know what? Like most sequels, there's a lot of fodder. It's a body count thing. But to me, what I notice, um, it's kind of like a Hellfest type of thing where... I don't really know the character names too well, but like if I saw them, like I would know them. Um, like if like someone was putting this in the background, I could say like, oh, that's Halloween too. Cause I know these characters. Um, and like, you know, they're kind of fun and you know, they're going to die and stuff. It kind of feels like that in a way. And I have a good time with them. Um, but the thing is Laurie Strode is the main character of this movie, but she's not in it that much until like near the end of the movie. And now granted she does a lot of great stuff in this movie. Uh, but she's not in it very much, which it, it, it kind of feels weird. Um, I know a lot of people were a little, I, I guess critics were a little more upset with that because Jamie Lee Curtis became such an icon after that first movie. Um, and I'm just really surprising three years later, she, she wanted to do the sequel, um, which shows a lot to her character and how she cared about all of this. But, you know, after that, I mean, Donald Pleasance feels like the main character of this movie because we're following him a lot during this movie, including a scene where they're looking for Michael Myers still in the neighborhood, and there's a kid who has the Michael Myers mask on, and Loomis pulls out a gun like he's going to shoot this person. It obviously looks like shorter than Michael Myers in front of these other people, and then a police car just slams into the kid, and it blows up and burns him alive. It's just such an upsetting and weird scene and you're just like oh my gosh this is like setting itself apart from the original like very evidently it's really upsetting and it's kind of scary and then all the cops are kind of like oh crap oh well move on <laughs> it's just so weird so you start to see some of these tropes uh that sequels especially in the 80s with slashes started doing which i love i mean i'm not saying like i love seeing these things but i love the whole you know what, you know what you're watching, we know what we're making, we're going to enjoy it, and we're going to move on some more without too many questions. I like that. It, it, it's just, it's part of the fun of watching slasher sequels. It feels like everyone is like in a consensus, like we're here to have a good time and see some things a lot different than what we're used to. And sequels, for the most part, really deliver on that, whether they work or not. I really just appreciate and applaud the effort that's put into it. Um, like, could you imagine... Like, if some of these sequels didn't exist and they didn't try doing these crazy... Like, Nightmare on Elm Street 2, which, man, that would be a really fun episode to do, wouldn't it? Uh, but could you imagine in a world where Nightmare on Elm Street 2 doesn't exist, which is the first sequel to the first movie, and it's so homoerotic, and 
and it's so vastly different. I love it. It's my all-time favorite sequel. Like, what would the world be like without it? It would be so much more sad. Like, I wouldn't have as much joy in this world if it if that movie didn't exist. And, you know, imagine a whole decade worth of slashers and we didn't get any sequels to them. Um, but anyway, to continue on with the Halloween 2 movie, um, you know, John Carpenter, he, he basically brought everyone back on from the first set and they kind of saw that things were a little different this time around. They were mostly here because they loved Halloween. Now, you got to think at the time, Halloween was like a cult movie. It, it was like a, like as if Evil Dead came out for the first time or like a A24 um, low-budget film came out, but it wasn't as you know well-critically received like most of those movies are. Um, but people didn't know really what to expect with it. I mean, in 78, I think we got like the Sentinel. You got the Omen movies, you know. I Driller Killer comes out a year after. Uh, thank you, Abel Ferrer, for that movie. Um, you know, you get these original works that kind of have like the same subgenre and feel, but you're not getting too many slashers. Actually, since we were talking earlier about, you know, most of the sequels during this time were coming from like monsters. Um, originally, Donald Pleasance uh, wasn't casted to play um, Dr. Loomis. Actually, John Carpenter wanted to bring Christopher Lee on um, from who played obviously the iconic Dracula and those Hammer movies. But the studio producers were like, no, like if you put Christopher Lee and people are going to think we're watching a ha- we're putting out a hammer movie, which is, I think, crazy to think about. But I guess it shows the power of Christopher Lee. But then uh, they had watched uh, a Western movie. And I wish I remembered to the death of me what it was. Um, but they saw Donald Pleasance in it. And Carpenter agreed like he'd be perfect for this Dr. Loomis character because he's so eccentric and different. So that's how we got Donald Pleasance in this franchise, which is great um little piece of like how like everything in the perfect time and place uh but like obviously donald pleasant's got famous because he did a few polanski movies in the early 60s um but yeah it's i don't know just so crazy how things kind of worked out for this sequel um and like everyone's so willing to come back and do the movie um even Nancy Stevens from the first movie, who was the nurse smoking a cigarette, is back in this movie, and she's, like, helping Dr. Loomis, and she's more of a badass, and I don't know where that comes from, because, like, she's not in it too much in the first movie, and this movie, she's just so much different, which is great. But the other thing is, like I said, it is a very violent movie in terms of the first movie. The first movie didn't have too much blood. It had violence, for sure, and it was a slasher, don't get me wrong, but this one, it is so more keen on showing on the violence. There's so many scenes throughout this movie where Michael Myers has a scalpel or a small knife, and it just zooms in on him um, just cutting somebody's throat or stabbing them, and you just hear the... Like, you know that the violence is happening, and it really kind of goes up your spine in such a nice way. Um, that you kind of are anxious for the other one but that's the thing with this movie some of the kills are so stretched and there's suspense kind of like the first movie but when it happens it is quick like you just see like oh my gosh something insanely violent just happened so quickly and you're just kind of like wanting to rewind it if you if you can and you definitely can now um and it's just more like michael myers feels more of a presence in this sequel more than the first movie. In the first movie, um, it's more of a stalker slasher. In this one, he obviously is more of a slasher character, to, in my opinion, because he is going out for the kills. You can see him wandering and lingering in the back shots until it eventually becomes a slash uh, kill, which is great. I love that stuff in this movie, especially because it takes place in a hospital. It's really big. There's a lot of places that he could be hiding 
And it's very much shown there when he makes his kills. Like, and there's one scene where um, this couple are in like a massage boiler room where they're basically in a hot tub and there's this screen, uh, like a privacy screen. And you can see the guy getting strangled and killed by Michael Myers. And then the girl is still getting dressed and Michael comes up from behind her and just one shot. And it's just great. You know, like it, that's, it's stuff like that. That makes me love this movie because it just keeps going for what it's doing. And it, it is just very unapologetic about it. Um, and you know, that scene is just really great because he ends up killing the girl by, um, shoving her face in the boiling hot water that he increased the temperature on. And that just keeps drowning her and burning her face. It's just such a great scene. Um, I sound so insane talking about that over a microphone right now. Um, but then eventually, you know, like I said, the characters become fodder in a way, basically all the new characters are just there to be killed inventively. Um, but you know, Dr. Loomis really shines in this movie. I, he, he, in the first movie, he, he's more of like a, a doctor who's trying to pay atone for his sins of Michael Myers being his patient. This movie, he's like out for a vengeance to kill. Um, but there are a few differences in this movie that again, Michael, like when we talked earlier, John Carpenter wrote the script for this movie and he didn't want more to come out of it. So in the script, he wrote, he, in the story, he puts down Dr. Loomis, finding out that Laurie Strode is being pursued by Michael from the first movie and in this sequel because they're related. Um, you know, she is the um, younger sister to Michael and Michael in the first movie killed his sister. Um, and then 15 years later, he comes back to Haddonfield to start killing again. And it is revealed it's because he's trying to kill Laurie, who was his long lost sister. And Laurie didn't know anything about it because she was adopted surprise see spoilers there um but you know that's kind of interesting like that's a take i'm not particularly fond of but at the same time it makes sense why he's so in pursuit of lori now obviously when halloween 2018 uh got released it it retconned all the sequels um so that whole you know that whole bit which ended up being continued in you know uh can't even think halloween four and five later on um you know that gets all lost in 2018 which is kind of a bummer that we're not also getting uh, halloween kills i was really looking forward to that but you know with covid and everything being pushed back it, it is what it is so uh but yeah halloween 2 for me is such a great movie i can watch it anytime during october it doesn't have to be like the religious sacrament of watching halloween on halloween night or anything like that um it's it's a halloween slasher sequel that i really enjoy and never have a bad time with um even though there are problems with it i'm very forgiving of this sequel i i it's one of my favorites in the franchise like i've said uh and i, I honestly think michael myers looks great in this movie the mask does look a little sus i'm sure um to some other people for me i think it's fine i think he looks really creepy with the way he walks and the theme plays a lot more in this time in this movie for him with like the dun dun it and then you hear the wow 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 like i just love that that's so cool um but yeah i mean john carpenter i mean when he does the score like he really puts his heart and soul into it and in this movie it's no different at all i just wish they got a better director at the time because you got rick rosenthal and in this supplements after the movie i mean he was still going to like film school with like actors to like kind of like you know observe how an actor works and they got some unexperienced people but you know what's really interesting in the in the supplements is the cast and the crew were so thankful to be in this movie and they really had a good time 
even though like maybe some of the higher ups weren't super keen on it that's fine they they everyone who was a part of the movie for the most part were really happy and grateful and you know as somebody who really likes these movies that makes I think one of the most important takeaways you could take from the Halloween 2 movie is basically how sequel slashers ended up coming to be because, like I said, there was nothing like it before, but was only replicated after. Regardless of whether Halloween 2 and, you know, people's eyes, was it a, was it a hit or was it a, you know, a failure? Uh, to me, it was definitely a hit. I think it's really great, but it really shows, like, the power of the studios, like, when they want a movie, boy, did they get a movie, uh, regardless of uh, what the director or original creator's intents were. Um, but I think it, there's a lot to take away from the Halloween 2 uh, sequel. I mean, a lot of that stuff got replicated later on in like just as long. I mean, fr- how many sequels were Friday the 13th and Nightmare on Elm Street um, when there were so many sequels to Halloween as well, you know? So it's definitely more influential um, I think that people give it credit for. I think the franchise as a whole adopted a lot, a lot of what ended up happening to Michael Myers. And I think what's really important too is the remake in 2018, which is basically replacing Halloween 2, pays a lot of respects to this movie, which I thought was really great. So there's like scenes where in Halloween 2018, kids run into Michael Myers when they're trick-or-treating, just like the guys, uh, the guy in the boombox listening to the radio runs into Michael Myers um, in the downtown square and the same music plays there. Um, and then also the ending, Michael Myers gets blown up with Dr. Loomis and dies. Basically, Michael Myers, uh, John Carpenter saying, all right, well, this movie franchise is going to stop here because our two guys except Laurie are gone. But um, I love how he, Michael is shown burning and running away to show just how cr- like crazy and a human he is. And Laurie Strode is thinking about like whether or not he's alive or not. Same thing at the end of 2018, getting him getting burned alive as well. So there's definitely a lot of respects and acknowledgement of this sequel um, that I think maybe, maybe some people kind of forget. So, but yeah, I, I really recommend Halloween too. And uh, what is your Halloween sequel that you prefer the most? I know most people probably say Halloween three or four, and it's hard to argue that too. But you know what? Don't forget to give a little love to Halloween too. Um, if you like this show, uh, I would definitely recommend checking out some of our other episodes. We also have a YouTube channel at the Hurtastic Reviews. Uh, that one we kind of just talk about more of like Blu-ray hauls and stuff like that, and you can see my face. But it, you know, if you want to follow me, I'm, my Twitter is at, at Hurtastic Chris. You can follow me on Twitter there, and you can follow this podcast on Twitter as well. What are your thoughts on Halloween too? Do you think? It deserves the more recognition or do you think maybe it doesn't belong in like the top three to five um, conversation Halloween movies, not just sequels, just the Halloween movies. That's right. Is it maybe better than the first movie? We'll let you decide. Uh, but that's what we do here inside the sequel. We give you those questions like is the sequel, does the sequel surpass the original or not? Well, you'll be the one to decide. Uh, but other than that, um, my name is Chris here at Inside the Sequel. Remember... If you're not watching the Halloween franchise during October, do you really care about movies then? (laughs) See you next time.